started it. All right, we're good. All right. Uh, what an embarrassing song. Okay. Um, I think I put the mics back on. We should amazing. be Amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> oh, God. I really, I, I really don't want to um, start this by not talking about the game last night, but also like, wow, screw, uh, screw, uh, screw ESPN or whoever's in charge of Saturday's game. What a joke. Yeah. Oh kind God. of disappointing. Embarrassing. Uh, hopefully they get it figured out. Well, I'll just say this before we get into the game from last night. If, if the, also, welcome to episode 37. I never said that. Forgot to say wow, that the intro song really, really messed up the show already. Because it was so bad. It was a lot worse than I thought. But, uh, okay. you know, it is what it is. Um, so, you know, if Illinois is number six in the country and this is a huge rivalry game against a Missouri team that's good and you can't, majority of people can't watch it because it's on the SEC Network's alternate channel, I mean, that's one of the biggest screw jobs in the history of college basketball. Yeah, I don't understand why they wouldn't for I guess because they predict or they they're doing the time late or you know, maybe they should have had it football. at eleven. Yeah, really. I mean it's all about college it's football. It's about college football. It's basketball season. I'm very disappointed, but we'll figure it out. I'm assuming as of now, we don't know if we're even gonna do the watch party or not, so we'll figure that out, I guess. But yeah. I don't really know how we would do it if we – I mean, we could do it virtually if if something – I don't know, whatever. Um, so, let's get into the uh, the game from last night. A very, very solid uh, solid win for the Illini, 83-68. 15-point win. Don't let the score deceive you. This was a 20-plus point basketball game. It wasn't even close, to be honest. Um, I nailed Duke's score, so I got that going for me, but I was 11 points off on Illinois. I had 72-68. Yeah, so. didn't believe in their offense. Um, 85-78 is what I had. So put ours together, we're pretty close. Oh yeah. You know? But four point margin. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, great win. Um, player of the game. Uh, my player of the game is going to be Georgie again, just because it's nice to have Georgie have back to back pretty solid games. Um, first time that I think he scored double digits in two games back to back since January. Um, he was four six from the field. 11 points, uh, he was three of four from the free throw line, five rebounds. He had a block and an assist. And uh, it's just it, – it's great to see him playing well, especially Kofi's been struggling um, mightily, I would say. Um, so, Georgie coming in and putting in positive minutes is really helping this team. Well, I went with DeMonte because I think it's rude great if we pick. both have the same one, you know. Yeah, and, no, that's uh, a great pick. You know, I wanted to. I was I was leaning towards Io, but like, yeah. I wrote down Io. Was, I I wrote down Io first. I will say that, but um, I just going back and you know, you know, going over the stats and looking at the game again. I just I decided to go with Georgie. So yeah, I mean Io at eighteen and twelve. It didn't really feel like it. Eighteen and twelve. Um, yeah. So many rebounds uh, in that game that didn't didn't seem. Io was quietly putting up 18 points a game. It seems like. So. Yeah. Uh, Demonte was great. He only played 20 minutes because he had four fouls for like the entire game. A couple uh, iffy calls with yes. that too. He was four for four from the field, two of two from three. He seems to make every shot. He does. Uh, it's and he's got a lot of space. I mean, you look at. The first points they scored in the second half was that kick to the corner. DeMonte was wide open. Mm-hmm. And that, that first three that DeMonte hit in the first half was one of the craziest passes by Miller. That was a great pass. It was, yeah, he was he was going up towards the basket in the air and somehow get kicked it out to him. It, it was pretty impressive. Yeah, um, and uh, Jay Billis had a nice love fest with the Illini freshman, which wasn't great <laughs> at all. The thing that I hate, and we'll get into Jay Billis more later, but like the thing yeah. that I hate – with him and guys like him and Herb Street, who I think they're very good at their job and they know what they're doing, but they, it just seems to me like they go out of their way to sound unbiased when they're doing their former school's team. Yeah, I yeah, I can I can see that. I mean, um, I thought he did a pretty good overall job last night until the end of the second half, which was just. I, I yeah, I I like listening to Jay. I think he's a great basketball mind. Um, he does better than Dockett. Dockett. He he, he hates he hates NCAA and everything they stand for. I like that <laughs> pretty much. Sport. So, um, but yeah, um, and also along with Demonte, I you put him down. I wrote this down right before we started, but um, Demonte is shooting sixty nine percent from three. 
Um, nine of nine of 13. So, um, I mean, he's taking shots when he needs to take shots when he's open. Um, and, and he's making them and that's huge. We saw that at the end of last year and now, you know, it's carried over. Do you know that he was Frank Williams son? Really? They said that last night and I didn't even know it. I looked it up. It's true. Did you know that? Yes. I didn't know that. I mean, oh my God. I had no idea. Let's Okay, on, on to more of the game. Um, I didn't know that. I, no one's ever said that before. Where have you been? Oh, boy. I Anyways. They get mentioned every time. It's like father and son playing at the same school. It's kind of cool. They should. Jeez. Um, well, I guess when he got you know recruited, you weren't really paying attention because we weren't doing this, right? Is that what you're telling me? I mean, I was paying attention. Just became a fan. Okay. Whoa. Okay. Anyways. Whoa. Um, yeah. Illinois, like you said, uh, this game uh, was pretty much – uh, dominated. I, I, I would call it a domination um, from beginning to end. Um, never really felt like this game was going to get, you know, there were a few times where Duke made a run, but it never got within 10 points. Um, but Illinois starting the same five guys, um, just like they have been. Uh, and then they're bringing in the three guys, Curbelo, Grandison, and Georgie um, for Miller, Kofi, and uh, DeMonte. Um, Grandison only played one minute this game, um, which was kind of surprising. Um, uh, Bosman Verdonk, who has been reactivated, they told said that the, he was going to get some some time, but he didn't play any minutes. Um, so I don't know what's going on with that, and we really haven't heard anything about Hutcherson. So I, I'd like to know some updates about him. Probably out for the year. Yeah, it's maybe can he medical redshirt now? I don't know. But, I don't see why not. Yeah. Um, but Adam Miller got off to a hot start. This is what Illinois needs. Um, there's a big difference between when Adam Miller goes 0 for 6 from 3 and when he starts off and he makes his first three threes. Um, and he he had a little minor in, injury. They said that he hurt his funny bone um, and ended up going 0 for 2 after that. So he, he was 3 for 5 from 3. Um, but it's, it's great getting him going. Um, we see how pretty his shot is. And when they're going down, it's going to be huge for this Illini team. So um, I thought the defense was really solid uh, starting off this game. Uh, Kofi, I thought, played well around the rim. He was, you know, making people change their shots, doing what Kofi needs to do um, inside. Uh, as far as the offensive end, though, man, he, he just has – it doesn't seem like he's changed from last year at all. Um, his hands are still really bad. Um, every time he gets the ball with his, you know, a defender on his back, I, I feel like he's going to turn the ball over. He just seems very weak with the ball. But, uh, you know, solid outing, four for nine from the field, uh, 13 points, eight rebounds, two blocks. Um, he did have two turnovers, which, you know, of course were inside when he just, he just wasn't strong with the ball. Um, and uh, the big thing with him was he was five for 10 from the free throw line. So he's going to have to figure out, you know, he kind of got it going last year from the free throw line, but uh, overall the Illinois team t team shot well from the free throw line. Uh, they were 18 for 24, uh, which we've stressed how bad their free throw shooting is. So uh, you got to think Kofi missed five of them. And I think Georgie missed the other one and the other guys made them all. Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Kofi, I don't, I don't know. He just, he, he was, he's struggling. I don't, I don't know what else to say about it. You know, once again, when Kofi and George are on the floor, something stupid happens defensively. Uh, I think Matthew mm -hmm. Hurt got a couple buckets when they were both on the floor. They can't seem to figure out the matchups. Like there was yeah. so many matchups defensively for Kofi. And I don't know if that's by design. I'm sure it is where Kofi's outside with a, on a guard just gets, yeah, by uh, yeah. The the switches. I think um, Illinois relies heavily on them, which I don't know if the, you know. Let's fight through some more screens and uh, make it so Kofi doesn't have to do that. Yeah. Um, I thought Georgie had a hard time on Hertz too last night. Uh, Hertz was just 
he's kind of a step quicker. Uh, I thought that they held Hertz, you know, pretty well, but then I went back and he had 19 points on eight of 15 yeah. shooting. So um, yeah. didn't hold him as well as I thought, but. Well, um, he didn't make any threes. His shot sucks. I mean, he typically he has did. a good shot. He yeah. has a lot more space, but yeah, man, his shot looked horrendous from three last night. Yeah, he, he did struggle from three. Um, and, you know, just, just comparing this to the Baylor game, I mean, Duke's defense is is completely different. Uh, Illinois was able to open up the floor more, um, and and it it didn't seem like they were running much of an offense still, but uh, they were running up and down the court more, which is what you wanted more in the Baylor game. They were doing this in this game, um, and Duke kind of ran that two-two-one defense. And as long as Illinois didn't turn the ball over against it, um, they <laughs> they were getting up the court quickly and doing things. But uh, Illinois really needs to figure out this turnover thing. Um, Way too much dribbling. Yeah, um, the press. not enough passing. Um, that's you've been you were taught that since you were little that you pass. You know, you pass to break zones or to break. Uh, presses usually you don't want to try to dribble through them you know um illinois i liked illinois defensive plan in this game because i think their defensive plan last night was legitimately the opposite of what they're gonna have to do against a team like iowa they kind of just let duke try to make their shots see if you can hit the threes they didn't duke didn't um and duke i mean man Who's worse, Duke or Kentucky? I think Kentucky's a little worse, but man, they're bad. <laughs> they're not. They're not great. Oh, um, so I don't, I don't really think Kansas is. That I mean, good I think either. they get. The, I think they get the ten. You know, out of the respect, I think Kansas is way, way overranked at five. But um, yeah, and and you saw. I mean, Iowa made seventeen threes. Uh, it, it, it's crazy when Illinois plays them. They're gonna have to close out, and sometimes they struggle to do that. I feel, but. Illinois is going to have to turn the Iowa game into something where Illinois is just flying up and down the court, getting mm-hmm. transition points because Iowa doesn't play. Well, Iowa doesn't de- play defense at all. So, Iowa, um, and, that, and that's why UNC got back into that game last night. Yeah, I mean, if Iowa wasn't so hot from three last night, they would have lost that game. Mm-hmm. So, yep. but go. but yeah, uh, but talking about turnovers for Illinois, um, Curbelo and Frazier both had five, which those are supposed to be our point guards. I mean. I know Frazier, you know, when he puts the ball on the ground, it, it's kind of worrisome sometimes. Um, but that's – I mean, he's always been a shoot, a shooter. Um, so, I, you know, I appreciate when he shoots. He, he shot the ball fine last night. I don't think he shot enough. But um, Curbelo just – I feel like he's moving too fast for the game right now. Um, and he's, you know – trying to do a little too much um but he's fun to watch there's no doubt about that but as a team illinois uh had 18 turnovers this game um and we didn't talk about it last time but they only had 12 against baylor in their defense so so that duke press and you know being up on them really flustered illinois um a, a little bit more than you know maybe baylor did but um yeah but Curbelo Curbelo's going to be good Oh, Corbello, Corbello's, I mean, honestly, he already is good. Um, he I might not be, you know, four-year senior good, but he is good. <laughs> I loved when he uh, – whenever he went flying around and got the ball taken away and then they called a timeout and Underwood just says, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Yep, yep. That was, and, and he was. He was just – he was out of control. Um, and that's yeah. – it's going to be trying to hold him back a little bit. Didn't he get called um, for traveling twice? I think one of those is questionable. But yeah, I thought they were. But I rewound both of them. I thought they were both questionable. Um, I wrote down, you know, maybe if he wasn't a freshman, he would, yep. <laughs> would have been uh, okay with that, uh, according to Bardo. Damn but, freshman. But the way that Curbelo gets in the lane and he cuts through the lane um, with the ball, it, it reminds me a lot of Felice and the way he used to get around the hoop. Um, different, different body than Felice had. Um, but and a little bit more finesse but overall that's the kind of player he reminds me of Um, and then there was the one time uh, it it was like the gift of the night I think under hashtag line I when Curbelo was uh, getting trapped mid-court and he did that kind of step back and then went right through both of them and got in and laid one up to Kofi Kofi kind of 
volleyball smashed it into the hoop or whatever he did, but, <laughs> but you know, um, but yeah. And, and I think, you know, so Curbelo, you know, you talk about his turnovers, he had five, um, but two of them were travels. One was very questionable. The other one, uh, okay, I can see it. Um, and then, you know, a couple of the other ones are just passes. I don't think the team sees coming or passes to Kofi and he, you know, he, throws his rocks down there and he can't catch it. But, um, cause he did have one pass to, to, uh, IO and I, IO didn't see it coming. It might've been a little behind him, but, um, it just, I, I feel like, you know, with more experience, he, if he cleans that up a little bit, he's going to be a very good guard for this team. And then everybody else can worry about scoring. Um, and, and maybe that will get Trent into scoring more, you know, taking more shots, uh, you know, I, it, it's fun to watch him and, and he could be amazing the rest of the year. He had 21 minutes, but uh, he had 21 minutes, 12 points, five, nine shooting and uh, 10 points in the second half. So in the second half, you know, he, he kind of got the game going. Um, I'll talk about that a little bit later. I got something in here, but, uh, and then Hawkins uh, solid player. I don't, he's not seen a whole lot of time. Uh, nine minutes is all he got nine, 10 minutes, depending on who you want to look at. But when he gets the ball, I'm never worried, which I like to see. First time he touched it, he should have shot. Yeah. Wide open. I think he, I think he's holding back a little bit, but, but he puts the ball, he dribbles the ball well. And I've talked about this. Um, It's just different, you know, and and we talked about Grandison. I think Grandison is a lot like Griffin last year, where once he puts it on the floor, kind of get weary with him. I don't see that with uh, Coleman Hawkins which is, is really nice. Um, he's not doing anything that hurts the team. And I feel like defensively at his size, he's going to help this team, you know, even more. So, um, but yeah, I've been talking about Frazier a lot during all this, but, uh, he, Frazier played 35 minutes this game, uh, was two or three from three. Like I said, had 10 points, three rebounds, three assists, um, just gets a little too careless with the ball. So, uh, he's, he's, uh, and, and, and I feel like they talk about how good his defense is. I feel like he's struggling to close out on guys. He's getting a lot of threes popped in his face, it feels like. Um, got beat back door once. But overall, fine game. We got to clean up the turnovers. So, yep. um, but go ahead. All right. Uh, well, in terms of uh, getting rid of the turnovers, you're going to play – um, a Duke team, or you played a Duke team last night that uh, is very inexperienced compared to what Illinois was. And um, I kind of like not having a team of five stars at this point. Yeah. Um, like it's not you, fun. You, you look at it and the team, you know, the teams that are getting these five-star freshmen, they're the team struggling this year. Um, and I don't know if it has to do with, you know, how the season's progressing or whatever, but um the, the teams that are experienced played experience are definitely yeah. absolutely. Um, you look at the the top teams in the country, okay? Gonzaga has a lot of experienced guys. Baylor mm-hmm. has a lot of experienced guys. Iowa has a lot of experienced guys. Illinois does. Michigan State they do, but not as much as last year. Um, and everybody else that's highly rated has a lot of guys that have been there for three years or more. And um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why, you know, people are saying, oh, Kofi needs to get better. I, I kind of see it as, you know, Kofi might be coming back with, uh, you know, Io's probably gone, but Kofi well, comes back and we got Miller. And I think Io is the, Io's the only one that's gone, I think. Yeah, and then, we, and then we don't worry about, you know, the class of 21 being not so great. On I, don't think, I don't think Miller is going to be able – I just don't think he's going to score enough and be able to do enough with Io still on the team. I agree. Be able to be a one of them, but I yeah, I look at it right now. But I think Miller, and I don't want to you know make people mad by saying this, but I think Miller will eventually be a better NBA prospect than Io is because mm-hmm. he can shoot. And he's well, and it didn't you know it's not it. I don't think it's going to take him three years to get to. I mean, he's already built well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, Monte Demonte. I mean, I you already talked about him since he was your player of the game, but he is just. He's been the epitome of the glue guy. Um, his D was really good, I felt, um, especially going against Hurts a lot um, and being outmatched in that 
perspective, um, him and Io both had two steals. And uh, he had only had three rebounds, but like I said, he only played 20 minutes, so that might have factored into that a little bit more. But um, seemed a bit low for him. The play that Miller got hurt on was a tremendous play by Devontae. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it, unfortunate yep. that Miller had to pretty much sit out the rest of the game after that, but right. it appears he should be good to go, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, Underwood said that it was some, you know, he hit his elbow funny, I guess. So. Funny bone deal. Yeah, a little funny bone. Um, but, yeah, Io, uh, once again, an impressive night, uh, 18 points, 6-11 shooting, 12 rebounds, which I talked about the Baylor game and his rebounding and, and how well he is – going after the balls um, once they go up and, and last night really showed that rebounding has really improved for him. Um, So he, he just, you know, he's going to do things that he's going to do. He's going to take some shots that you're like, ah, maybe not. Um, But he's, he's going to do it. We're going to live and die by IO and, you know, let him go. Um, over the uh, over the start, he's averaging twenty two point six points per game, eight point two rebounds per game, and six assists per game. Which he's the only guy in the nation they said that was averaging twenty six and six, which are over twenty six and six. So, um, pretty impressive uh, to start out. So, and and he did have some uh, foul trouble. Uh, he got charged or called for a charge, which was. Absolutely terrible. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know um, what happened to the flop rule or whatever that the you know NCAA was supposed to be doing, but that guy, I mean, barely got touched on the shoulder and just fell down. Um, but uh, kind of within that is when Duke went on their little nine-zero run and got it within ten. And Illinois during that time they had six possessions, they had four turnovers and uh, went 0-2 from the field on those six possessions. So definitely, like we said, got to clean up the turnovers. But I felt like this was kind of when Curbelo took over the game. Um, he, you know, start. I had him written down like four times in a row on my notes, just things that he did, getting inside, making layups, um, doing those little, you know, bunny making those bunnies that you got to make, um, tossing it up to Kofi a few times. Uh, just doing everything that we needed. So uh, he's he. I feel like he's the only guy that can get in the lane and and find a way to dump it off to somebody, um, or kick it out or whatever. Um, again, I, I'm real high on Curbelo. So, um, but this game, like we said, I I never felt in jeopardy. Illinois was always up ten. Um, I saw that Illinois uh, led for 39 minutes and 12 seconds of this game. The other 48 seconds, it was tied uh, zero to zero and two to two. So um, Underwood after the game, a little quote from him, we came into Cameron indoor and found a way to win. Um, And according to Joey Wagner, who we've had on the show uh, said, they started smiling, you know, smile kind of took over his face and winning at Cameron indoor fans or no fans is still huge. Um, I understand that fans probably would have made it a lot harder, but um, there's no denying that Illinois was the more talented team on the court last night. Um, like I said, there, there was just never a position where you thought that that this was going to be trouble for them. So, um, but uh, Underwood uh, also said, um, speaking of this Duke game, he said that. Uh, we had a different presence about us today than we had in Indy. He said that they were almost too tight against Baylor, which I can see. Um, you know, it was kind of that first big game, and it, it was a huge one playing number two. Um, and, it, you know, he said that the team just acted like they had never been there, which, I mean, honestly, they haven't. This team has not been in that situation where you're playing number two, um, you're playing a team like Baylor, and, you know, you come out tight, I guess. It, it's not – you know, something that people don't see. So this is the first time Duke has lost in the ACC uh, Big Ten Challenge at home. So uh, Illinois put on that. Yeah, put a little one in their loss column for that. So overall, just a really good game. Um, You got any more on the game or your thoughts? Well, 
how about the fact that the Big Ten is absolutely ragdolling the ACC in the challenge? <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. even fair. Um, yeah, it was was it six to one after this game? Yeah, and the um, one win that the ACC has was Purdue <laughs> blowing a lead against Miami. Purdue was up nineteen against Miami, yeah. uh, and uh, as an Illinois fan, we know how it feels to have Miami come back and beat you. So, how about Penn State burying Virginia Tech? That was pretty surprising. Yeah, um, I, did, I didn't see much of that game. So, well, Virginia Tech being ranked, Penn State losing Lamar Stevens, and Penn State probably being a bottom five team in the conference. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with being a bottom five team in this conference, but right, yeah, that's yeah. The Big Ten's been impressive. So uh, my brother sent a ranking to the group, and he had Big Ten first, and then he listed all the rest. ACC last of all the Power Five conferences. How do uh, you feel about that? I don't. I don't really think the SEC is very good, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I, but I, I can't. Think, I, I'd, I'd go back and find it, but we send 800 texts a day, so it'd take me a half hour. The clear number one and two is the Big Ten and the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if we're counting the Big East as a power conference, I'd say they're up there. Uh, Pac-12, nah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. The uh, ACC is not very good when Duke and North Carolina are very good. And uh, – Honestly, by watching the games last night, I think North Carolina is better than Duke, to be honest. I mean, yeah, I the way I see that. it, uh, they I, just I have that. a little bit more athleticism and uh, would have beaten Iowa if Iowa didn't make a million threes. So, <laughs> Arza in check. I mean, Garza, I think, I think Bohannon shot like 33 threes that game. He made a lot of threes. Yeah. I had a guess. So, um, but yeah, you, we, you talked earlier about Jay Billis kind of, going on a getting on a soapbox. Um I just kinda wanted to bring it up. And he starts um, doing it when it's like a seventeen point game. Like, oh Duke's getting killed. Let's not focus on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I thought it took a lot of the focus off Illinois and how well they're playing. Um but he you know he's talking about how the players don't get to see their families and uh you know basically said let's be honest these kids are only playing because of the money. Um, not the kids making the money, but the NCAA making the money, the Big Ten making the money, um, which which I, I find ironic seeing how he's traveling all over the country to, you know, be a commentator on these games. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the, the right answer to this. Um, I feel like these kids – want to play and they're they're making sacrifices to play and they have no qualms about it um send a survey out and and ask the kids you know what what they think um but you know i i understand uh you know not being around your family you know it, it probably takes a toll on you but but like this illinois team they they want to play in march they want to have a shot at the national championship um, and he brought up the comment about if the kids were outside playing and there was a lightning strike or something. And it's kind of like, <laughs> it's a, it's a little different, I guess. Um, but I, he, he basically said the NCAA needed a better plan and not to pass it on down to the schools, uh, things like that. But th- that's what everybody's doing during this pandemic. It's, it's all being passed down individualized um you know the you know the president passes it down to the governors and the governors pass it down to the small municipalities um just kind of with the school board you know the school and kids going to schools trump's not making that decision the governor doesn't want to make that decision anymore he's passed it all the way down to the school boards um so you know i don't know if there's any right or wrong answer with this but i feel like the kids want to play they're okay with the sacrifices they're making to play if you look at the big 10 has the big 10 stopped play for any team yet no they haven't had a case yet correct here's how i look at it yeah here's how i look at it okay number one the kids don't have to play if they don't want to i think everybody playing wants to play and they understand what comes with it right so i i i also hate the ncaa not as much as Jay Billis does, apparently, but yeah. Well, Jay I find Billis it funny that hates that they don't pay him. Basically, he works for a company that sucks, and he's making fun of a another, you know, organization. I mean, let's be honest, ESPN is trash. Uh, I think that's <laughs> fair to say. 
Um, I think they have some good guys that call the games. I think they have some good people that cover basketball. For the most part, ESPN sucks. Look at how many layoffs they've had in the last year. Nobody cares about them anymore. They have this stupid subscription service that nobody cares about uh, that yeah. you only pay for if the Masters of the U.S. Open is going on. Let's be honest yeah. about that. Um, but there, here's the deal with the whole thing. Not one size fits all for all these plans. You can't have – like these small conferences can't have the same plan as the big conferences. So right. how does a broad plan make sense? Now, if I think the NCAA was to redo it again, I think it would be smarter for them to have the bigger power conference schools play each other instead of playing the smaller schools. Because you look at the, the majority of games that have been canceled have involved a very small school um, yeah. with the exception of, you know, Virginia and Michigan State and then Zaga-Baylor and then uh, Wisconsin and Louisville. But right. I just don't understand how you could just say that without actually really having anything that like, how do you do that? How do you have right. a broad plan? How does that work? You can't do that. This is a country of 331 million people. Not everyone can have the same plan. Like we live in a town that is very small. Should we have the exact same plan as like Chicago? No, mm -hmm. it doesn't make any sense. So just saying, I find it funny. Most of these college basketball analysts and writers are all crying that the season should be stopped. I mean, it's embarrassing. Yeah. They need a, yeah. If you're gonna have, if you're gonna make a point about this, how about you actually back it up with stuff that makes sense? And the thing is, what will what would it do to the kids that that are all in and they want this? Exactly. And you tell them, hey, oh, by the way, we're not, we're done again. You know, we we took away your tournament last March, and and now you can't even play again. Um, it, 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 I think that, that they would have a harder time mentally with that than, hey, you got to stay in your dorm, which, I mean, you're in a, if you're in Illinois, you can't do anything anyway. So I don't understand yeah. that thought. But and who's uh, to say they're safer going to see their families for the holidays or traveling than they are playing basketball? Where that's the thing. Is they, what if they take, you know, if one of them would happen to get it, what if they take it home to their families to go exactly. see them? And, and then, you know, something happens to one of their family members, you know, but the sacrifice um, that they understand they're making and they know they're making it and they're okay yeah. with making it. So I don't know why we're trying to like, push this narrative on them that oh we got to stop it because everything sucks and we can't do anything as if every other sport is not happening right now right right college football has been completely destroyed by this the big 10 is so stupid today to change a rule for ohio state and they're still playing i mean it's embarrassing that's, yeah it, that's unreal but these articles um, about oh pause season i mean i like dickie v i think he i think at the end of the day he's a nice good guy who wants the best for everybody or says that, but he's also throwing his name in the hat of, Oh, we got to pause the season or Rick Pitino saying that or coach K saying that because their teams suck. I mean, it's embarrassing. It really is. Um, if you're going to make this point, you need to have evidence to back it up or at least a good plan in place. Because if you stop the season right now, who's to say logistically that's going to work and who's to say that this isn't going to get in the way of the NBA draft next year for guys who want to go to the draft. Mm -hmm. So I think the fact that it's already started, I don't think it's going to be stopped. I don't know what it would take for it to be stopped. Maybe like half of the programs in each conference getting shut down would stop it, but it's not going to stop. And we yeah. knew what was going to happen. We knew there'd be cancellations. And honestly, quite frankly, we knew that there would be people crying in their articles about how the season should be paused or canceled. Sure. Yeah, yeah. we knew this was going to happen. And I'm a little surprised it's already happening on December 9th, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then and you send me the, to hear about it for 10 minutes on a broadcast during a game game. Yeah. Still, you know, there's still some time left. It's like a 10 point game, but let's talk about this for 10. Yeah. And that's the thing, uh, you know, Jay Billis has plenty of platforms to, to, to announce that on or whatever, write an article about it. I, I don't feel like it was a place, but you know, we, we try to keep, keep, uh, you know, this, this pretty much about basketball. So, uh, but it felt like something needed to be talked about. Uh, you sent me a thing about coach K today, um, which was, was, I found it, found it odd, but, uh, you know, he was all for, uh, playing, um, and said that the NCAA couldn't go another year without the tournament, which is true. Um, Duke starts off two and two. And now he starts questioning playing basketball during the pandemic. Um, 
Sounds about right. I don't know. I guess, I guess it, see, and that's the thing. If you're bad, I mean, if you're scared of, you know, if you're like Ohio State and you're scared to play Illinois in football, what do you do? You just cancel the game. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't want to turn this into a whole, you know, uh, Tom Brady not shaking other quarterbacks' hands <laughs> thing, but did Coach K acknowledge Underwood after the game? It just kind of seemed like he walked away. Yeah, I didn't. I, Unless the camera didn't catch the wave, but Underwood was going like this. Yeah. Camera goes one second later to yeah. Coach K walking away. I didn't, I didn't get to catch the last I'd like to get another, few minutes could, of the game. So We could turn this into I'll Coach K gate. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so you know, Coach, is, you know, he's now questioning it. Um, I thought Ross Dane today, he's been kind of tweeting about this um, a, a lot and the games being played, but – uh, 64 college games were planned today and 12 have been postponed or canceled. That means 81.3% of the games are currently going on as planned. And he does this kind of every, every day or every Good. other day um, where, where, I mean, they are They're getting 80 to 90% of the yep. games in and that's kind of what we expected. I mean, protocols being taken when a team, you know, cancels games, they're out for 14 days it's and ten, it's, 10 it's is it 10? Other teams I, are doing 10. Okay. Well, whoever's – whatever they're doing, they're doing. Um, but, yeah, so games are still being played, and, they're, you know, and, and teams are finding other teams to play. I mean, yep. uh, Wisconsin's playing Rhode Island today, right? So Right now, yep. Yeah, and uh, here's the thing. This is why – this is why Rothstein is who we need for this sport. He's not bowing down to the virus like all the other writers are. He wants it to happen. He knows it's going to happen. He knows it has to happen. Um, so I like it. 81%. That's like, you know, 81% is pretty good. Better mm-hmm. than I thought, especially when it's it's surging as much as it is right now uh, across the country. And uh, you got to yeah. think in a couple months with all the conferences playing each other, I think a number should be higher than 81%. Right. If, yeah. I don't I think, think it's going to – if it goes anywhere near 50%, maybe you should be worried, I guess. But 81% is pretty good. Yeah. And I and I think once you get in, like I think once the Big Ten gets into conference play, I think they'll be fine going through their games. You would um, think so, yes. You know, maybe some worries around conference play early because it's mm-hmm. around Christmas. After Christmas, what's sure. Gonna happen, but uh, sure. But yeah, you know I what? Know. If if we need to pause for two weeks, we pause for two weeks. You know. Like the entire we, we just, sport or Illinois? Well, we just moved March Madness back a little bit. Don't like it, but I guess if it's, if it's only April, two weeks. Uh, April Madness. Eh. <laughs> I don't see that happening, but, you know, the NCAA has no clue what they're doing. I kind you know, of feel like they just yeah. say screw it and kind of just make something as they go along. Uh, mm-hmm. So I agree with Bill as in the fact the NCAA sucks, but I find it hilarious that he spent 10 minutes of the game talking about it and then really not offering any good points, just kind of saying whatever all the other – ESPN people are saying, which is hilarious. Like, do they want jobs or not? You know, it, it doesn't. I mean, if they're just gonna, if they're gonna advocate for the thing that they cover to be shut down or canceled, what's keeping you around? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. isn't ESPN laying off thousands of people like every month? Uh, you know, just saying. Yeah, so. They should be careful. But uh, let's talk about the Illinois Missouri game, which. Hilariously, we still don't know if it's going to be on normal TV or not. It doesn't seem like it is. I mean, the game's on Saturday, and it's supposed to be on the SEC alternate network, and who the hell actually has that for the most part? <laughs> Probably not very many people. So I don't even know if I'm going to be able to watch not the game. YouTube so this TV. Is a, so. This is a shit show, so that's good. But this is encouraging. One of the first things that Io DeSumo said after the game last night was a quote, we got a hungry Missouri team next who's been playing great. We owe them one definitely. So – I love the fact that he's looking uh, right to the next game. Missouri right. better watch the F out right after he, the game. He, yeah, and that's fantastic. Uh, Io hasn't beat Missouri yet, right? I think Lost. the one time that Underwood's beat Missouri was the one year he was didn't it, have Io. It so. was his – yeah, was the year before he was a freshman. So, so I've, i got to feel like Io's got – you know, he's got a chip on his shoulder. Um, he might have 70 points in this game. Especially, you know – all the things that have happened between these, you know, the players at Missouri, um, how how the game was last year, uh, I, I really think that Io might come out and, and blow it up. So. 
I hope so. Let's look at the Haslam metrics, of course, as is tradition on this podcast. Right. Um, Missouri's 33rd overall. I think Illinois sixth right now. Um, Missouri is 40th in offensive efficiency. I think Illinois is in the 30s in that. Uh, Missouri is 35th in defensive efficiency. And Illinois is third in defensive efficiency, by the way. And then uh, here's a fun one. Missouri is 274th in pace. And I don't really know what they use for that stat, but that tells me this is going to be a lot of half-court offense. Okay, they're game, slow. Which, That's what you're telling me. Um, I did see Illinois was – I know I know you don't like Ken Palm, but Illinois is 10th in offensive whatever on theirs now. Well, Illinois, Illinois' offense is more efficient this year than it was last year, but right. is it really that much better? I guess. I don't know. I mean, let's just hope that Adam Miller is 100% ready to go for this game. Yeah. And like I said, I hope that he's good. Um, it doesn't sound like he's going to miss any games. No. It just seemed no. like he hit his elbow weird. and it felt funny. Unless he's really feeling it today. I don't see why he wouldn't play Saturday. But uh, sure. watching a Wisconsin guy flop at the basket, that was nice. Good job. And Wisconsin's <laughs> killing them. I'm distracted. Uh, the Duke, <laughs> I said, I also put near the Duke win is not going to mean much if you lose this one, which – I don't even know why I really put that. I guess it's I no. Mean, I didn't think that's great. I mean, that's I, I believe it. Uh, Duke win yeah, it, does mean a lot, but you know. it doesn't mean anything, especially at the end of the season when Duke's going to be, you know, fifteen and fifteen or whatever, and that's not fair, making the yeah. tournament. But so. I still think even if Duke misses the tournament, there's going to be a lot of stock put in. You know, winning a Cameron Indoor without fans still a little bit right. in that. Right. I am. Well, there's going to be a lot of stock if you lose to Missouri, too, I think. And when was the last time a team just thoroughly dominated Duke in their own? I mean, did Michigan State kind of did that? But, you know. Yeah. I want to say that I saw somewhere that they've only lost, like, 11 non-conference games at home. Uh, Duke, that is. And uh, two of those have been to Illinois. So. Well, they also – they lost to uh, Evansville last year. Congrats yeah. to Evansville. They Home lost one season. already this year at home. Or no, they lost to Stephen F. Austin. It was Kentucky lost Evansville last year. But, yeah, yeah, Kentucky and Duke suck. Uh, Mizzou <laughs> has been off to a hot start. They beat Oregon and Wichita State. Um, I think they should be getting more top 25, you know, consideration. Yeah. They, they yeah. have two so solid they did, wins. They didn't have any close. votes in the AP? They, they had should... some votes. They had, like, 13 votes or something really low. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they weren't even close. I mean, Michigan was the uh, team closest to the top 25 um, that didn't get in. But I don't see how they're not. I mean, I think I have them at 23 in my top 30, which I think my top 30 way more accurate. Probably. Than, uh, than the uh, AP. Much more accurate. So. Yeah, the AP is just a bunch of guys who's like, oh, <laughs> Duke is 2-2. Two and two. We didn't actually watch them play, but they lost a two good teams, so let's keep them in the top 25. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Or Kentucky is uh, what one and two, but they are Duke. And yeah, exactly. But they and, are uh, Kentucky. Where's Kansas right now? Five. Five. That's ridiculous. It's unreal. I have them at seven, and I thought that was being nice, but uh, yeah. whatever. Um, Missouri plays Liberty today, and as far as I know, that game's still on. I don't know. You never know what could happen, but I'm assuming that'll happen. But uh, mm-hmm. just like just like last year, Mizzou's going to be, you know, hungry, playing a team that. Illinois is better than Missouri. I mean, let's be honest on paper. Yeah. It's, not, it's not really close in my estimation, but that doesn't matter. This is a rivalry game. Uh, and last year it seemed like Missouri wanted it a lot Missouri more. Way, uh, Missouri was way more into that game than Illinois was. Um, Which is embarrassing, and they need to make up for that this year. Yeah, and, and this year, I mean, I, I we, we still don't know if they're allowing fans. I looked up tickets. They're $300 on StubHub. Uh, I think you said that it's like – there is seating, but it's. I don't understand. Like, I feel like I haven't heard anything about them allowing fans there, and I wouldn't be surprised either way. But yeah, I don't maybe, get... maybe StubHub's selling like uh, press passes or something. Who knows? But well, I don't know why they would want that. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, if but if Missouri comes in with you know more, you know, we saw it in the Baylor game how their you know bench was. We saw it in the Ohio game how their bench was. Um, if Illinois comes in flat, uh, Missouri will take advantage of it. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, talent is not just going to win this game. So, if Illinois plays Saturday like they played against Duke and they turn the ball over less, this might be a 50-point game, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. So, 
Um, you just got to – I mean, I, I think Iowa's mentality about the game is good. You know, Missouri's a hungry team. They've mm-hmm. been playing great. And uh, you got to yeah, get a win. We owe them one. Absolutely. So, I won't say what I said fully on this part, but Mark Smith, who is a known you-know-what, uh, who ditched the Illini program because he's, uh, you know. Soft. Yeah, we could we could use that one. Uh, he leads them <laughs> in scoring with 70, uh, 17. He doesn't score 76 a game. He scores 17.6 a game on uh-huh. 58% shooting. So, he's having a pretty good season. Pretty good uh, season. You know, I, I'm assuming the matchup against him is going to be Io, I guess. I don't know. Or Miller. Demonte. Yeah, but eh. no. How tall is Mark Smith? Six five. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't look at the heights of the Missouri players. I probably should have. Uh, Mark Smith six five. Uh, Xavier Pinson is six two. Drew Smith. By the way, they got like nine Smiths on their team. And it's the Drew, same same team as last year, basically. Drew Smith is six three. Uh, Javon Pickett six five, who had a really good game last year. Um, and Tillman is 6'10". Okay, so Illinois is bigger. So, um, I mean, this is a – Because, yeah, Missouri's, Missouri returned what, like 89% of their scoring from last year or something? It's much more It's much more of a prototypical starting five than Duke is. Duke has a couple of 6'9 guys. And Duke started a center last night, which was weird, and I don't understand why they did that. I didn't really see the point. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think you look at the matchups, I would say – you probably throw Io on either Smith or Pickett. Pickett, yeah. And then you put Frazier on Pinson, probably. Yep. And then Drew Smith against Miller, and then Demonte versus Mark Smith, and then Kofi so. versus Tillman, probably. Uh, mm. Which you know, I Kofi is he even like how much better is Kofi than Tillman at this point? Honestly, I mean, hey, Kofi's just big. You know, I thought I thought he was a little there. bit better. I thought he was a little bit better last night than he's been in most of the games this year. Yeah, he, I don't think he was terrible, but it's just, it's those times when he gets the ball, and you're like, he's gonna cough this up. Like you just know it's coming. Is he like afraid to get called for a foul or like hurt somebody? Like I feel like he should be dunking it a lot. More. I don't know because you watch Garza play, and he literally is hooking everybody with his elbows, jabbing them in the gut. Yeah. You know, I'd like to see that from Kofi a little bit more. Get called for a foul. I don't care. Yeah, Garza gets away with everything, so I can't, wait to, I can't wait to bitch about that later, which, you know, we kind of <laughs> have to. But uh, another one of those you-know-whats is Jeremiah Tillman, who leads him in rebounding with 8.7 per game. And uh, he's shooting a stellar 22.2% from the free throw line. Wow. Good for him. Uh, Drew Smith, a gritty player, I think, uh, leads him in assist steals and – he averages 13 points a game, so he's been good overall. He's kind of like a little bit like DeMonte in the fact that he gets down and dirty and can score and get some steals and defensively solid and, you know, whatever. Uh, Xavier Pinson averages 14 points and is shooting 36%. So, as a team, they shoot 49%, which is good, 75% from the line, but they're only shooting 32% from three. So, they've struggled from uh, downtown. So, uh, you'd think that Illinois can – score more points than them, but we'll see. I mean, they, Yeah, and it, have, and if it becomes a game where they're not making threes, I think Illinois definitely has a better chance to win this. So. Yeah, I think uh, Illinois needs to kind of – do you think Illinois goes into it kind of defensively with the same plan similar to last night in terms of letting them shoot? I think so. I think so. Um, well, when the team's shooting 32% from three, I mean, you'd assume – Except for Mark Smith. they don't get hot. Yeah, yeah. well, Mark Smith is a bum. Uh, I don't have anything nice to say about someone that ditches a program for being soft. I agree. Especially when you look at someone like Trent who stuck around. Mad respect. Absolutely. But I also talked a ton of trash about Tillman and Smith last year in Illinois loss. So <laughs> true. You know, I'm prepared for it. We didn't. Uh, we didn't. Happens. Like I did not expect that last year. I thought Illinois was going to stomp them. So of course. And you'd think this would happen that they would stomp them this year because they're a lot better, but you never know. Right. So, uh, Missouri likes to get physical. They play hard, not an easy game, but it's a revenge game, and you better win because yeah. Underwood losing three in a row to Missouri is completely unacceptable. Considering if they lose this game, that's probably two of the three years where Illinois was a better team flat out yeah. than Missouri. 
And I think it's going to depend, you know, a lot on the refs and how they let them play too. Um, You know, I I believe last year Missouri, you know, kind of could do whatever they want. And Illinois was getting called, you know, for pretty much everything. So hopefully we don't have that. I know. I know. Well, the good thing about Illinois is that they can get away with like Kofi being in foul trouble now. If Georgie keeps playing the way he has, I think so. Yeah, other guys stepping in yeah. and like Demonte was in foul trouble last night. He contributed, but they were good without him. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you see less turnovers from Curbelo and Frazier, I assume that the offense should be a little more smooth if they're turning the ball over less. Uh, and they've proven that they don't need Io to take over a game for them to win. The Duke game, especially Io, really didn't take it over by any means. No. He didn't have to. They rolled them so. Yeah. And uh, I expect I, – I hope that Miller gets an opportunity to shoot the ball a little more because uh, he made those first three and then didn't really shoot very much after that. Um, so I think the difference in confidence between Curbelo and Miller and Hawkins is uh, something. I mean, Curbelo and Miller seem like they're very confident players. Hawkins, I'd like to see a little more from him with that, especially mm-hmm. if you see foul trouble for Georgia or Kofi and Hawkins has to step in. But Right. And, and I mean, honestly, you, you watch Curbelo turn the ball over and all that stuff. I don't think Hawkins needs to play scared. I mean, that's the thing is these other two aren't playing scared. They're not afraid to, you know, make mistakes. Um, and, and I hope that he's not in the timid mind that he can't make mistakes. Um but then again, I, what he played in the Baylor game, four minutes or something. This game he played 10, he can't which, make I, which I think I think, I think Curbelo is going to be a great 10 to 15-minute guy. Um, but he's just got to play with more confidence, I think. So uh, what is your prediction for this game? Um, I think Illinois is going to come out and really put the screws to Missouri. Um, I got Illinois winning this 80 to 64. That's a little disrespectful. They need disrespected. I agree. I hope it's like <laughs> whatever. Uh, I have Illinois 75, Missouri 65. Once again, you pick Illinois to score more points. I hope you're right once again. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like this is going to be a game where it's going to be hard to score a lot. Yeah. Well, That's what I, Missouri's going to want to do. You know, Illinois makes threes, opens up the floor. Uh, Missouri's not going to have an answer for it. So. We thought a lot of this stuff last year. So. Hey, you know what? I'm just just riding the confidence. You know, that Duke game made me feel good. Um, you know, Andy Katz, uh, which <laughs> oh, I don't know if we're sliding that into that yet, but, uh, you know, kind, kind, of, kind of annoyed me uh, moving Illinois out of the top ten. Um, so, I, and I did say that Illinois was going to dominate Duke, and you said I was too high on Illinois, and what Illinois do? Dominated them. Yeah, I picked so, Illinois to win, so that's true. You just you thought Cass that I was you well. thought I was too excited for the game. But. Yeah, let's jump into Andy Cats. Number one. Yeah. How in the hell do you move a team out of your top ten after a loss to the team that's number two in your top ten? Unbelievable. Uh, it makes no sense. And it just makes me think that he's really just doing this for the reactions and make people pay attention, which yeah. if that's the case, then he's, it's working. But I mean, that's the thing. Andy Katz was bandwagon Illinois last year, lost the game later. Can't, you know, or the Illinois had a rough start. He left. And then all of a sudden he comes back this year, Illinois. Amazing. <laughs> Literally lose to Baylor and you move them to 11 in the power rankings. What are you talking about, buddy? He put Richmond in there. <laughs> Richmond is a good team, but they're an Atlantic 10 team that beat a terrible Kentucky team. Yes. Yeah. And Kentucky's no good. And we, we've learned that now. Um, I mean, yeah. Andy Katz, on a scale of one to 100, his basketball knowledge is like a six. Yeah. I mean, it's embarrassing. It he makes is, no sense. He is absolutely not allowed to come back on the Illinois train. And the fact that he has like this following and he gets to, oh, he talks to Georgie after the game. Like, how the hell yeah. does our guy, Kent Brown? I'd be like, no. At Illinois, let that happen. Yeah. Illinois relations won't, won't let us talk to a coach, but. For the fans, you see the hey, shirts. Hey, for the but fans. yeah. 
But, you know, let's let Andy Katz, who jumps off a bandwagon every five minutes. So, Georgie, I moved you guys out of the top ten, despite the fact that you lost to one of the best teams in the country and you were in the game with the most of the time. And I put Richmond in there, who's a good Atlantic 10 team. What are your thoughts on that? And you guys played so well. Like, you guys are probably the best team in the country now because you beat Duke. You're so good. Also, you picked the Missouri to beat Illinois. Like, what a loser. Jeez. Uh, fine, pick them, but don't. Okay, just let me just tell him this, and I hope he hears this. Maybe I'll clip Hashtag it and send fraud. it to him. Try Hashtag to get people to, people to send it to him. But Mr. Katz, uh, <laughs> don't jump back on the bandwagon whenever Illinois starts to roll again. If they, We're already uh, gone. Jump back on and act like, oh, I knew it the whole – they're a Final Four contender. Oh. I'm going to have my size 11 to kick him back off of it. I hate this guy, honestly. I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't hate him as a person. I don't know him as a person. I'm sure he's a nice guy, whatever. Yeah. He, he's an idiot. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't not say just, just be honest. I get you. I mean, we criticize a lot of people that cover basketball, but at least the one, the most, for the most part, the people that we criticize have an idea of what the college basketball landscape right now is. The only thing that Andy Katz knows is what his little assistant probably hands to him or that he looks up on the internet. He doesn't actually watch all of the games. Mm-hmm. You think, Unbelievable. You think well, I mean, watching Richmond this entire season, do they really jump out as a better team than a, one of the best teams in the Big Ten? Yeah. No, they beat a back Kentucky team. We've already been over this. So nice they try, Andy Katz. Fraud, loser, shouldn't even have a job at this point. Embarrassing. So Correct. there you go. Good for him. Uh, he's doing um, a good job. I do have one little uh, one little uh, tidbit on recruiting. Um, we talked about R.J. Melendez, I believe. He's coming. Trust he, me. He has moved up to number 70 in the top 100 rankings. He was 65 on one of the ones that I saw. I thought he was, like, outside the top 100. But anyways, he is moving up. Illinois, uh, he's 6'7". Um, Illinois probably needs to pursue him about as hard as they can, seeing how they don't have anybody right now. I think he's so, one of the top priorities think, right now. I think he'd be. I think he'd be a good get. I've watched the video on him. And he he seems pretty athletic. So he's right behind uh, our guy uh, Mac Etn in the top 100 that I saw. He's 65 and Mac is 60. And oh. Mac's going to waste his time at UCLA when they're not gonna actually going to win anything. They'll probably make a <laughs> Sweet 16 or two, but you know yep. whatever. Yep. I'm all for I'm all for trying to you know expand outside of just looking at these guys. Where's Melendez from? I need to know this. I'm, I I believe he's from Puerto Rico originally. They talked I'm about all, him and him and Curbelo maybe playing uh, on the Puerto Rican team. I'm all for getting in-state players. I mean, it's worked. Oh, where's he from now? Uh, psh. I want to say like Florida. Or I want to say like New York. Which Illinois ha- has gotten New York players under Underwood. I mean, Hutcherson nope, played here. Kissimmee, Florida. Okay, so, so speaking of New York, though, hey, they haven't had that much trouble getting New York players under Underwood. No. Hutcherson's from New York. Uh, uh, two four seven still has them at one hundred and forty two, but well, they're like not said, paying attention. So he, he broke the top one hundred for something. He was sixty five on the list that I saw. So good. Good. Uh, but seriously, get some in-state players. Keep these Freaking players in state. Rivals has them at – oh, that's position. Never mind. The one player that has completely changed the program is from Illinois, and another one that's a stud freshman is also from Illinois. So keep the players in state. And also DJ Stewart got absolutely bodied by his fellow Illinois friends last night. So, congrats on going to Duke, man. I hope that was fun Have for fun. you. You know, an interesting tidbit about that. I don't know if you heard it during the game. Curbelo grew up wanting to play for Duke. Yeah, well. Um, and it, good for him to be able to go in and beat Duke playing for yeah. Illinois. Who would want to play for Duke, honestly? <laughs> I actually – I think it would be cool. But, you know, Curbelo would have been the best point guard in Duke history behind Bobby Hurley, of course. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Darn. Um, yeah, so how about Io just hitting one right in the face of DJ Stewart at the end? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Io had a really nice block, too, in that game. Um, came out of nowhere. Of course, he blocked it off the backboard. Duke got it and scored. But yeah. um, he's he's definitely – you can tell how much more athletic he is. He seems to be able to jump out of the gym this year. 
Okay, so what's next is we don't know at this point. So we were supposed <laughs> to do the watch party on Saturday. I'm assuming we could still do that somehow. I mean, I don't know. I just got to find out how we can watch the game. And we could either do it in person or we could do it on Zoom or whatever. Uh, if it's not on TV, we could just do it on Zoom because the delays would, really wouldn't matter. But we'll try to figure that out. I'd still like to do it. Um, I don't know if we will. We'll try to figure that out and keep you updated because I've been having scheduled tweets every day. People think right. it's still on. I don't know if it's still on. So right. we'll see. Um, Get so, your stuff together, SEC Network. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that, and then I'll tweet about that uh, whenever. But episode 38 uh, will be the next one, of course. And I'm assuming we'll do that Monday or Tuesday uh, following the Missouri game. We could do it Sunday, but I don't really care when we yeah, do it. We'll see. Um, we'll be previewing the first Big Ten game against Minnesota and maybe we could kind of revisit the Big Ten schedule and where we see it right now um, and what Illinois could do. Um, Then episode 39 would likely just be Friday or Saturday. We'll preview the Rutgers game. Um, So we're kind of going to do a lot more episodes in between games just to kind of because it's like fresh, yeah. you know. Yeah, and yeah, this this was kind of new. Um, you know, we usually schedule them for Fridays, do them on Fridays. Um, we just kind of – we feel – Ethan feels that uh, we're not getting content out to you guys quick enough. So, well, so maybe, maybe you're losing interest, which is understandable. So um, yeah, I hope you guys like that. We, we, you know, are doing more and you're going to be able to hear us and see our beautiful faces. more. Here's the thing. It's a lot more fresh. That game's a lot more fresh on our minds now than it would be on Friday. So I agree. Tuesday game, you know? So I just think if we do an episode, within a couple of days after every game, I think mm-hmm. people would be cool with that. But yeah, we'll do uh we'll, we're going to reach a hundred episodes a lot faster this way too. So <laughs> yeah. you got to think about that. Um, so yeah, we will be back at some point. Uh, hopefully we're back Saturday, but that's up in the air for the watch party deal, but we'll see. Uh, we'll keep you posted on Twitter at podcast Illini and uh, we'll do episode 38 next week at some point. So uh, yeah, hopefully Illinois can take care of Missouri and we'll see you. Uh, for the next Illini. Episode.